Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Empire. The Olympics don't have to be an every four-year thing. You know who I believe is, you know, one of the most incredible titles on the planet, the world's fastest person. Um, we have now decided, hey, let's make this more regular. Let's take these incredibly marketable world-class athletes and personalities and push them out on a more regular, regular basis. That's Brett Morris, CEO of the World One League, where Olympic disciplines are going viral every day. This is the Future Sport Podcast. I'm Bram Weinstein. The birth of the World One League will sound like a pitch in the shark tank because that's kind of what happened, albeit backwards, as the famous billionaire was asking how to make the Olympic-style disciplines more visible. So Brett Morris got tasked with figuring out how to make that work, and in turn, a world of unique opportunity has opened up. Our guest this week is the CEO of the World One League, Brett Morris. It is a league that is new. It is based on social media videos that's going to host competitions across all sorts of disciplines that will be submitted on Instagram and TikTok for the chance to win money. Brett, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. Give me the genesis of this. Um, Where did this idea come from? Yeah, it started back uh, actually before the London Games, and uh, I worked for Mark Cuban for quite a while. And uh, one day he just said, "Hey, what's up with the Olympic Games?" And if you know Mark Cuban much, uh, you know <laughs> he wants a deep dive into you know the structure of the Olympic Games, and uh, specifically, is there money to be made in that space? And I spent a good six months uh, looking into uh, the Olympic Games and the financials and the structure and who was making money and sponsorships and contracts and what have you. And the bottom line, we, did, we realized that there's a ton of money, um, you know, literally billions of dollars in bank accounts um, that uh, revolve around the Olympic Games. Um, but it's a, you know, a, a business structure, a business model that uh, hasn't been challenged in 120 years. Um, so we realized from that day that, uh, you know, one, there's money in the system, and then the second part of that is who's getting the money and the realization that at the end of the day, the athletes are the last ones um, that are, uh, you know, able to monetize themselves or their careers um, in this system. And there's an opportunity to create something new uh, with the focus on the athlete. So just to go back to the original thought of the Genesis, when Mark Cuban says, what's up with the Olympic Games, he's not making small talk with you. <laughs> No, Mark has never made small talk in his life. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um, All right. So let's look. The Olympic Games have been around for a very long time. Um, A number of events are televised, like swimming events, track and field events, gymnastics events. They clearly don't garner the type of audiences that some of the other sports do. Um, 
how have you kind of viewed that as you start to build the world one league? Yeah, and I think the beauty of this is that uh, social media obviously is, is taking shape uh, within the last several years, um, but more importantly, short-form social media video. So TikTok, Instagram, Reels, Snapchat, what have you. Um, and there's massive audiences being built, not necessarily for team sports, for two-hour-plus team sports, but for individual athletes. You know, we have a, a, a woman, uh, 21-year-old Tara Davis, who um, is an amazing personality. Um, she just happens to be an incredible world-class long jumper as well um, that, you know, has recently signed a deal with Champion, Nordic Track, Grubhub, you name it. So brands are realizing that these athletes uh, are marketable and have audiences that they're built on social media. And as such, that gives the opportunity for a league like World One to come in and compositely take all these events, much like the Olympics has, and say, hey, let's see how we can monetize this via these individual individual athletes on social media. Um, World One League, all of our sports are individual, and they're all under a minute long. Um, so we can literally promote market the events on TikTok and Instagram, but we can also conduct the events themselves. You know, we can go from, from beginning to end of a World One League event uh, under a minute on social media. And, you know, we all have become to realize that Gen Z likes this snackable content, yes. you know, that they are constantly uh, breezing through on, on social media. That's what the tra- they're spending three hours plus a day on TikTok, um, but they're not spending, you know, five minutes to watch, you know, five minutes of an NBA game. Yeah, I hear you. Um, all right. So tell me about coordinating it. Obviously, you could have a plethora and feeds that are littered with a lot of different videos. Um, how do you curate what you actually want to disseminate and funnel it into the form of a traditional competition? Yeah. So, you know, there's two things here. One, you know, we want to, uh, obviously work with world-class athletes. So, you know, uh, at the end of the day, they're the ones that currently have the audiences. Um, but they're also the heroes in these sports. Um, we feel, uh, further promoting them as heroes is key to what we're trying to do across all different sports. And the best example of that is, you know, I start a lot of these conversations by asking people, who's the world's fastest man or who's the world's fastest woman? When you ask the world's fastest man, they say Usain Bolt. Well, that was five years ago. Um, and the fact that people don't have a regular competition platform to know who I believe is, you know, one of the most incredible titles on the planet, the world's fastest person, um, we have now decided, hey, let's make this more regular. Let's take these incredibly marketable world-class athletes and personalities and push them out on a more regular, regular basis. And we can do that in two ways. One, we start on social media. Like, let's compete on social media like we're doing right now with World One League. What we're doing is saying, tell us who the world's longest jumper is. Anyone across the planet can literally submit their jump using a hashtag, much like we all understand hashtag challenges now. Mm-hmm. And we build out a leaderboard based on whoever wants to submit those jumps. Then we take the top tier ones and say, okay, now let's go head to head, whether that's on social media or whether that's a, a live event. So uh, of the ones where you guys are there organizing it, great. The people who submit all the videos to you, how do you ensure their legitimacy? Yeah, and there's a number of ways of doing that. You know, at the end of the day, uh, the best answer for us is that um, let's have fun with it. 
Right. Um, there may be some people that, uh, you know, let's, let's create the conversation. Let's have fun with it. Let's not stick to this old school of, you know, wind variations and, and whether or not this timing system was right. Let's do that on social media. Let's talk about it. Obviously, when we get to the live event, we'll have the right structure in terms of, you know, the way to calculate times and distances and what have you. But in social media, let's have fun with it. You know, yeah. I think that's a big part of, of the missing element is just the conversation around these sports. Um, you know, some kid that, you know, maybe an inner city kid in Compton or something like that isn't, isn't going out and practicing to be the world's fastest man. One, because they don't know who it is. Two, they don't think they can make any money. <laughs> and three, you know, w- why would they want to do that when they feel like they have to have some high tech timing system to be able to figure that thing out? Mm. Um, so there's a lot of reasons why these sports aren't taking off. Um, but we believe there's more reasons why they should. So do you kind of view it as they are all in their own silos or do you view it as this could kind of be integrated within one another? Because like the audiences clearly come together every four years for all of these sports and they get showcased on the highest platform there is for these types of sports. Do you believe that there's a carryover full time to have these audiences together or do you kind of view it as we are going to feed the swimming fans, the track and field fans, the gymnastics fans? So it starts with the individual athletes. So, you know, a lot of these athletes have sizable audiences already on social media. So we're really leaning on them to start the conversation. Um, And then we stay within the silos within individual sports. But the best way to monetize this from a pure business model standpoint is to take the composite sports across the board, much like the Olympics. And for an example, let's sell a sponsorship. You're a lot more successful selling a sponsor for the world's greatest athlete than you are the world's greatest swimmer. Um, and as such, we're able to talk to whether it's media organizations like TikTok and Instagram or whether that's brands like the Visas and the American Expresses and the Toyotas of the world to be able to say, hey, we now have a composite product of the world's most electric athletes you know, on the planet. Um, let's use that across the board in order to monetize this. Um, but where it first starts with is with the individual athletes and them. Um, pushing out the popularity of themselves as athletes and as personalities to build this audience. I, I'm not. I'm not sure this matters to you, but I, I do wonder if it does. The changing legislation of name, image, and likeness with collegiate athletes has that affected your ability to attract athletes um, in colleges that may have been restricted in the past? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's a great opportunity for us in two ways. Um, one, um, it really illustrates. Uh, the, the value of individual athletes and, 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 and brands wanting to partner with individual athletes. Um, you know, before this, a lot of brands would go to teams and you would go to uh, major networks in order to sponsor a league or a team. Um, just now you're starting to see brands come out and sponsor individual athletes. It's a model that we've been talking about at World One League for over a year now, um, but it really illustrates the value of the individual athlete. And as such, the great thing too in the Olympic space is believe me, a lot of these Olympians now are saying, wait a second, here now you've got the NCA allowing these athletes to monetize themselves. I'm now a pro Olympian and they're getting out of the equation. You know, now you've got, you know, the, you know, the Fresno State women's basketball players making millions of dollars where you've got the world's fastest woman <laughs> uh, not even coming close to that. Yep. Um, so, you know, you know, you're going to, you probably end up seeing some of these uh, kids that ended up uh, going to Olympians as pros, stay in college because they now believe they can monetize that more. But yeah. that's where World One League comes in. We're saying, hey, 
let us monetize that for you. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. So I guess your model here is built somewhat on these people are already stars for whatever that means in the social media universe that they have their set of followers. Um, do you feel as if you need to build on stars as the beacon of the league, or do you think there is a never ending kind of flow of, I don't want to call it one-offs, but a number of people who will contribute to this that belong in this? Yeah, I think, um, you know, we have to start with the current stars. Um, but a big reason why we're opening up the competition to everyone on social media is because we want to find the future stars. Um, because, you know, the way Gen Z thinks is that, um, hey, you can build an audience tomorrow if you do something extraordinary. Um, you know, we just got a video submitted from some uh, from a 16 year old in South Africa who ends up um, gets his entire school to cheer him on in the middle of a field in South Africa where they have a long jumping pit. And this kid uh, ends up doing a long jump that uh, would put him number one in the world in his age group. No one has ever heard of this kid before, but he's the most amazing personality, super well-spoken, super bubbly um, that, you know, we want to wrap our arms around this kid and say, hey, this is the future. You know, we found this kid on social media. Um, He came out of nowhere and all of a sudden we've created a star. Like that's an amazing story for a league. It's an amazing story for a brand um, to be able to monetize this kid. And, um, you know, there's a lot of those type stories out there, especially in the Olympic space. Could you find it without social media? Absolutely not. You know, I've been, I've been telling the, the Sid Finch story for people that are my age that remember Sports Illustrated that invented a story about a, a baseball player that could uh, pitch 120 miles per hour. <laughs> well, it was an April Fool's joke, but bottom line is we're coming up with these same type athletes, finding them all across the world because of social media. So, so do you have, does Worldwide have like a social media scouting department for lack of a better word that you're you're looking for these people absolutely i mean you know and it all comes from the individual athletes you know we uh launch a competition and you've got someone like atara davis who you know i don't know if there's a long jumper in the world or even close to a long jumper who doesn't follow tara davis on social media so when tara davis says hey there's a worldwide long jumping event believe me everyone that can come close to being a long jumper sees that and wants to participate um and that's where this kid found out like who who you know no one has literally has ever heard of this kid he just started his instagram account last week huh. for the purpose of being able to submit this video and now he's he's one of the world's best long jumpers out of no man's land south africa that's wild uh, i mean you know it's not that long ago that we were watching movies like uh made for tv movies about they found an indian pitcher who could throw the ball 110 miles an hour and it's a disney movie and you guys are making disney come true it's wild it is really wild exactly yeah. exactly and and india is a great example you know that the amount of videos that we get submitted from india are just mind-boggling. Uh, kids, you know, the, the, the athletic system in India is, is developing super, super fast. 
And I think you're going to see countries like India all of a sudden dominate, especially with someone like World One League that is giving them a platform to be able to say, hey, mm. look how successful I am. You've got U.S. coaches going to, to India nonstop because um, they see the talent um, that is coming out of there. And But you couldn't do that without social media. And I don't think you could do that without World One League because we're that platform to say, hey, look, you are the best in the world. Um, that's never existed before. Um, so, I, you know, we started talking about some of these sports that clearly are, you know, a lot of people are paying attention to them, those every four years when they get into the Olympics and they kind of drop off the attention radar and you guys are bridging that gap here with social media. So let me get some early returns here. What are you surprised by that resonates? Like pole vault, you know, freestyle, sort of, like what is it? What, what do people that all of a sudden they're telling you, we actually want a lot more of this? We, you know, we did a big debate internally as to whether to start with the most marketable event in, in, in world sport right now, which is the 100-meter dash, or to start with one that may not uh, seem to be as marketable like the long jump. And we made the decision, the hard decision, to start with the long jump because, one, it's a field event. So no one talks much about field events. Um, I could ask you know, a million people who name one long jumper, and they couldn't come up with a name probably. Um, and, uh, you know, we wanted to challenge ourselves to see if we can create an audience, uh, within an event that, you know, may not have traditional eyeballs to it. Um, within the first couple of days, uh, I'll use Tara Davis as an example. Again, Tara Davis posted a, a video in from, from a practice. It wasn't even a, a real submission for the league. Um, but she tagged us. So we were able to follow what the, you know, the impressions were and the video counts are literally within a half hour. It had over 200,000 views um, of her posting a practice video. It was a pretty incredible jump um, and fun to watch. But at the end of the day, she's a long jumper in a sport that, you know, may or may not uh, be exciting to many people. Um, But she built an audience um, literally within minutes on social media um, that absolutely shocked us. You know, and it's just to say that, hey, you know, these kids do have audiences. Mm-hmm. They are doing incredible things. It just not may not be with the audience that we're used to. It's not the, you know, 35 plus that's watching NBC on a daily basis. You know, there are kids out there that are, um, you know, Gen Z especially that love sports. They just don't like their parents' sports, you know. <laughs> and to see someone like a, to see someone like a Tara Davis do these incredible feats, that's what they want to watch, you know? Um, and, you know, you go back to Mark Cuban, um, he sees the data, you know, he is someone that pays a lot of attention to that stuff. And the NBA is more exciting and, and more popular than ever. But people complain about the TV ratings. Well, you can still be popular if you don't have great TV ratings. It's because you've got a generation that's spending all this time on their phones and on TikTok and Instagram. Oh my God. You, are, um, you know, they're, Brett, you are preaching to the choir here. I, I, I've talked about this constantly when people focus on the television ratings as a metric of how well a league is doing or not doing, they are not looking at the big picture at all. If you are not taking engagement in aggregate, you are missing the boat on what is happening with any of these leagues or any of these athletes. I am 100% in agreement with you about that. Yep. Yeah. And I mean, again, you look at the NBA, I mean, the Dallas Mavericks merchandise sales are through the roof. You know, they've never been better. But the reason, but everyone says, well, the NBA is down. It's not down. It's more exciting. It's more engaging than ever. Um, It's just not in the traditional methods, you know. And as soon as brands understand this, um, that's where the big change is, in in, in my opinion. Um, Brands are starting to say, hey, a Nielsen rating doesn't mean anything to us. 
but a following count or engagement or impressions on social media right. is what's important. To That's us. right. Yeah. And, and your background was you had co-founded Super League Gaming. So I, I, I would imagine you have a full understanding of this in in what has been the growth of esports over the last decade yeah. or so. Yeah. And I think esports is the best example of all this in that, you know, they have created an engaged audience without traditional TV, you know, um, that everyone is talking about a ton of investment money is going to a ton of time is spent by Gen Z watching esports. Um, but they've completely skipped the traditional model, which is linear OTT TV. Um, and if people can realize that, Hey, this is doable, that major brands are now sponsored organizations and tournaments. Um, you know, these, these people aren't stupid, you know, like they understand where the eyeballs are and where the audiences are. And once people realize that esports, like I have, you know, was in the depth and throes of it, um, that is building huge audiences without traditional um, research, without traditional outlets like TV, um, people will start to understand where, you know, the sports market is going. Um, and, you know, that's what drives World One League. You know, if it wasn't for my uh, experience for, you know, four plus years in esports, I don't think World One League would exist. Um, but at the end of the day, when you see how you can generate audiences without traditional methods, um, you know, that's a, that's a big opportunity there. And these kids are amazing. I mean, at the end of the day, every decision we make is, you know, what, you know, what are we doing right for the athletes? And, you know, these athletes are just, you know, to die for when it comes to marketing and personalities, well-spoken and healthy and everything a brand could want um, is within these individual athletes. And now we've just created the platform to push that out. All right. Last thing. And, and I want to go back to a traditional um, metric that has always mattered in traditional broadcasting that I, I'd like to get your opinion on here as you build this, which is the concept of it being live. Um, a lot of people can submit videos to you. It could be the fifth or sixth time that they completed this and you, you never saw the first few that they went through or the pressure of having to do it in that moment. How do you think about the concept of doing something live with that kind of pressure on the athlete? It's been interesting. Um, you know, Javon Harrison, who is, um, you know, uh, a long jumper that also uh, is a high jumper and made the Olympics team the first time in, I think, 80 years that someone has made the Olympic team as both a high jumper and long jumper. Um, before he left for Tokyo, um, he entered into our competition with a jump uh, that he did at LSU is where he went to college and his college coach and a very casual but fun uh, jump, um, you know, there at the college campus. Um, he jumped an 8.4 um, at the college campus, you know, completely in the rules. You know, we saw the measurement, everything, what have you. Um, when he goes to Tokyo, uh, he couldn't jump over an 8. Um, so here's this amazing talent, amazing kid that we've given him a platform to kind of do it on his own terms um, and does a jump much, much longer than, you know, most of the field actually did in Tokyo. Um, so we feel there's opportunities for both sides there like everyone loves the pressure everyone loves to see the kids sweat and everyone loves to see you know what they can do under pressure but also let's give them an opportunity to do it not under pressure and see what they can do because audiences like to see amazing feats you know and do they care that it's live not necessarily huh. you know they just want to see the amazing feat and and we believe there's an opportunity to do both and you know by submitting something virtually on your own terms um that you know they can come up with an amazing feat that's never been seen before. So let's give them that opportunity to do that. Hmm. 
It's very cool. Very interesting. Brett Morris is the CEO of the World One League. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, Bram. Thanks for having us. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify. The global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. On the next Future Sport Podcast. Given the key to your first party data may change the way you interact with your fans. Not all audiences are created equal. When a brand wanted to launch a product, my job was to put their right brand in front of the right audience in the right environment. So the thought behind key was if talents become the new brand, shouldn't they have the same technology stack that brands are using? That's Evan Wayne, founder of Key, a forward thinking service that puts the power of understanding your audience into your hands. That will do it for this episode. As always, the future is now. This is the Future Sport Podcast. I'm Bram Weinstein.